Can you hear me? Awesome. I'm going to change the battery real quick. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's sing. I want to sing just a chorus real quick. You sing Holy Spirit with me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our heart longs for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our heart longs for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Thank you, God, that you overcome us with your presence. Lord, thank you for the, the infilling and overflowing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, let us experience your presence to overflowing tonight. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Turn to somebody, and I want you just to give them a hug, or hit them, or wake them up. Tell them that God's alive and so am I. So I was praying tonight, I was praying for tonight, this afternoon, just, just getting in the Word and getting my, my heart ready, and, um, and uh, you know, getting ready, for, getting ready for an encounter with the Holy Ghost is kind of like uh, going on a blind date, okay? And, and you have to know, uh, I think... I think it's important that the body of Christ keeps a, keeps a mystery of who the Holy Spirit is. You know, we grow. You know, we go through times where we uh, we have we develop a history with the Lord, and we know He's always going to come through. We can trust that. 
um, and, and we know he's going to be there for us. And at the same time, I, want, I love to practice the, the blind date thinking with the Holy Spirit and just be like, what is, what is he going to look like? Who's, who's showing up tonight in my life? And how are they going to wreck me? <laughs> what kind of encounter am I going to have tonight? You know, if you, if you have an encounter, if you, if you know, sometimes if you know who, who's going to show up, it's possible to lose the magic because that excitement isn't there. But if you come expecting to not know what's going to happen, but you almost are like, I don't know how I'm going to weather this, but I want to jump in and I just want to see what happens. And so it's good for us to keep that perspective on, uh, it's, it's a, a dual perspective. It's a perspective that says, I don't know what it is, but I know it's going to be good. Amen? Amen. So I was, I was praying for tonight, and, and I had this thought, and it had to do with uh, eternity, and it had to do with abundant life. And I want you guys to hear this. This is what I heard, but... When God introduced eternity to us as a human being, how many of you guys remember, do you remember the first time you ever heard of the concept of eternity? You guys remember that? There's this just amazing like, what? Like God is outside of our, of our limited being cosmos he is on the others he is outside not only is he in it and full of it and filled with it and fills it and everything but he is on the out, outer side of eternity he is he is not only is he the beginning and the end but he's on the other side of what is the beginning it's like he's the fullness all the time everywhere okay so that's a huge idea and this is what i felt the holy spirit say I, is that he introduced the concept of eternity to us and the reality of eternity, uh, eternity to us because eternity is the foundation by which we build an abundant life. See, it isn't abundant life that creates eternity. It's eternity that creates abundant life. What good is it to enter into eternity and not have abundant life when you enter into it. Right? What good is it to put this tent off and say, okay, now life starts? Like, what good is it to do that? You know, when it talks about what good is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul, do you know that's not talking about after he dies? Because, you know, you have your soul right now. And abundant living and abundant thinking, abundant life starts and is possible upon this amazing reality of eternity. It's, it's so big. And the reason why God introduces this to us in the limitlessness of what it was before and, and how it will be after is because he wants us to be a, an eternal people. But the reason for the eternal mindset is so we can step into everyday abundant living because we're drawing from eternity. That is the foundation. See, if you don't believe in eternity... 
limits are everywhere. If you believe, if you don't believe in eternity, you believe the cosmos has an end, and you have no idea what's on the other side of it. If you don't believe in eternity, your life ends, and you think, "Well, whatever. What happens after I go to sleep? What is it?" And the, see, eternity is the very foundation by which you can even start to have an abundant life. Now, as believers, I want to invite you into an all-encompassing abundant life. You already have received the Lord. You have, you have heard the gospel. You have come into the kingdom. You, you love the Lord. You love His people. And the enemy would love to get you to focus on just mere living rather than abundant life. Okay? And what we do is we learn to what I call steward eternity. That when those things come up, we say, whoa, 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 you're, you're creating limitations. And I'm not a limited being. As a matter of fact, I am, I am just discovering the God in me. And Jesus modeled what it looks like to look like God. And we model Jesus. There is no limitation in God. God is breaking off limitation from the mindset of us. Amen? I want you guys to also think about that and then look for that in society. Look for people who are putting off limitation. And you're going to discover a move of God starting to stir within that group of people. It's pretty awesome. Amen? So we've been talking about the imagination, and I wanted to... Um, I, there was a couple cool uh, secular articles I was going to um, read here, and uh, I forgot the link. I really apologize. Um, but this one had to do with actually kind of the introduction of the idea of the imagination. It says this. It says, given the term... Uh, giving the stern admonition of the second commandment of the, of the Decalogue uh, against the making of images of anything in the heavens above or the earth below or the waters beneath the earth, which is found in Exodus, Exodus 4 and also Deuteronomy 5.8, is ironic that the idea of imagination probably found its earliest expression. Now keep in mind, this is a secular article. It says here, I'll read this again. The idea of imagination probably found its earliest expression in the first chapter of Genesis. In the biblical accounts of creation, two different words are used. In the first account, it's the word bara, which is B-A-R-A, implying uh, it's the word creatio ex nihilo. It's found in Genesis 1.27. And in the second, it's the word yatsar, which is spelled Y-A-T-S-A-R. And it means by which a man is created from the dust of the earth, which is, you guys know, Genesis 2.7. Listen to this. It says, the first power, the first time this word, which is the word, um, which is the word bara, is reserved to God alone. Everyone say God alone. The second power to reshape existing matter is shared with humankind. Thus, the Hebrew word for imagination comes to be 
Yet, sir, the ability to share in the divine creative power. Some of the earliest, one of the earliest introductions of what everyone in the universe knows as the imagination, which we all have, was introduced the first time in history through the word of God. And we're like, well, that's no surprise. It's like, I know it's no surprise. We all believe that, but I just, so you guys know. The imagination is mentioned many times in the Bible, and in most cases, it's tied to the heart or the framework of one's mind. So you have this, I like to break up words, so I, I think of it as image nation. You have a multiple, how many of you guys know there's a, the nation of America? Have you ever heard of nation as a melting pot? Okay, we, we are. We're, we're, uh, I don't care what nation you're in, you're kind of in a melting pot no matter where you go. No, one else, no one's all the same. So you have this image in your nation. You, and the reason I get that is because how many of you guys know that um, uh, the nation, um, you think of like the nation of, uh, that Abraham was promised in him was many nations. And I think of all these ideas, all these imaginations inside of Abraham. I think of the images. How, much, how many realities are you stewarding inside of you? How many, let's, th- let's think of it as heaven, okay? God, you guys know that all of, every single one of you are all figments of God's imagination. Y'all know that, right? You started in God's brain. You were a thought in God's brain before he laid the foundation of the earth. You started out as a thought. Now you are here. And you have been given, you have been shared with in the divine nature. What are you thinking now that is going to be reality in a hundred years from now? If you want to think like God... You have to start thinking beyond when you leave to go be with him. And it's very important that we learn to steward the images in our imagination. Because what we think of today, we will hold tomorrow. I like to say it like this. What you behold today, you will be holding tomorrow. All right? Everyone say that. Say, what I, what I behold today... I be holding tomorrow. All right? So be careful what you be holding on to. Okay? You can create what you are afraid of by believing it's real. You can create what you have faith for by believing it's real. It is actually the God nature in you that is able to create or actually let's use the word uncreate things i can uncreate my marriage i can i can create my marriage i can uncreate my children i can uncreate a dream i can create a dr- i can do so many things it is the god nature in you and is this is just the this is just the kind of a, the idea of the imagination and how powerful of a thing this is, um, but you share in the God nature 
and the ability to create that which you have an image of. Now let's do something. Let's do something as a practice, okay? How many of you guys, uh, let's, um, I want to do this. I want you guys, you guys have a piece of paper and pen? Write down something here. I want you to write down, I want you to write down something that you thought of as a child that somebody else created that you now hold today. Is there anything that you, if you could think of something that you thought, man, this would be so cool if blank. And then, okay, you got it, write it down. That one thing. Maybe you, you were growing up and you like, wow, I would love this. But then someone else in the world, somewhere far, far away, invented it. And it maybe took you a little while. But Now, I'll tell you what mine is. And I'll tell you, I, I dreamed, and Kim and me laugh about this now. I dreamed of having a phone when I was real young with a screen that, would, uh, that I could touch. I actually had a dream, and I was like, and this phone's not going to have any buttons on it. You're just going to touch it. And you know, that was already in the heart of another man, that that reality was even possible. Okay? Do you guys know that... Um, so with, with the imagination, let's, let's think of something else. I want you to write down a dream that you held as a child. Not a, not a real dream, but like a, you know, I have a dream. Okay? Maybe it is a real dream. Okay? Maybe it's a, a vision or a dream. Something like that that you had young that you are now living in today. Something that you imagined young that you are now living in that reality today. Now listen, I want the first one to be positive. Something that you imagined young, that you are now living in the harvest of the seed thought that was birthed in the imagination that you were younger. All right, you guys got that? Now I want this to be a seed thought of faith. Something that was sown in you that was uh, positive that was in line with the heart and passion of God for you, okay? Now I want you to write down something that was negative, that was sown in you young, that you're actually living in the harvest of that seed thought. Maybe it was, maybe it was sown in fear. Someone, someone said to you, you will, you'll never do this. And, or maybe you agreed with that. Like your mind was soft enough to receive that seed. Okay? We're going to do something here as a, a prophetic practice. See, the imagination is the word, listen to this, it's the word form in the Bible. It's the word frame. Okay? You ever heard of uh, the mind frame, someone's mind frame, frame of mind, their imagination. It is purpose or framework. It also means in the Bible, listen to this, your imagination is actually another word for graven image. Isn't that interesting? Now, when, when the second commandment says, do not make for yourself any graven images, 
He's not saying don't have an imagination. He's saying don't make for yourself limitations. You know an idol creates limitations for you. Whenever you create an idol for your, whenever you create an idol, you are what you're doing is you are creating creating a creative gravitational pull on your being, on yourself, on your soul. What keeps you from floating off in the space? It's gravity. But see, when you create an idol, you create a pull on yourself. And what I believe he's trying to keep us from doing, see, it's, 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 how many of you guys know that we don't keep idols in our house? Like, I don't have any, like, calves laying on the mantle going, ah, man, I gotta get rid of that. I hate breaking the second commandment. Ah, such a struggle. The graven image has to do with the anti-repentance. Don't create a grid by which only God can move in this way. It is one of the dangerous, most dangerous things you can do is have a mindset that creates limitations. See, God could have been trying to lead his people into limitless thinking here in the second commandment. Because the moment we validate a limit, we create a wall that might prevent us from moving into what he has for us. All limitation is built on the foundation of fear. I can't, I won't, or I will never, or even more dangerous, God can't, God won't, and God will never. I can't tell you how many times when someone comes across me and they say, God would never do this, I think, oh, well, yeah. I don't know if I'd go there if I were you. I don't want a God who can't. I don't want a God who won't. And I don't want a God who will never. You just made a limited God. He can do whatever he wants. And man, if you look at his word, he kind of does. One thing, you know, I think of like, oh, God would never do that. God would never use a person. Da, da, da. And I think of like one of my favorite examples. I, like, I love to say... You think God would ever tell a man to go marry a prostitute? No. No, he would never do that. That's so wrong. And I think, oh man, you don't even know your own Bible. No, I'm not. That isn't like, that is, I don't think God is teaching us to go, you know. He's not saying, hey, one of the requirements of following me is this. It's also just showing you is a God that thinks not like we do. It's not, he is a God that does not create a box for himself to be inside. The Bible is not a box of God's thoughts. It isn't. And I, I love this saying. I've, you guys heard me say it so many times. And it is, as the author is bigger than his book. Well, I don't believe it if it's in the Bible. I bet you do. There's a lot of stuff we believe today that they didn't have, but it was through the inspiration, the submission to spiritual authority where the inspiration of God has actually 
continued and been transformed over the ages. It, it's always by the same Spirit. It's always by the same Spirit. But what it does is God starts to move in different ways. And if you don't have the imagination and the Spirit of God working in you, you're going to miss a whole lot. And you're going to like you're going to be creating a very limited God that the world won't believe in. Because, you know, the world doesn't believe in it. there is such thing as a limited God. Actually, they believe in a God of love. They really do. I've talked to so many people that so many people uh, that and God is a God is big. God is so much bigger than a lot of Christians have allowed him to be. And what happens is if you want to see revival, see, I don't want revival that can be stewarded. I want it to be so out of control that I just go, hey, man, this one's on you. I don't want to be able to steward the growth he wants me to have. If, if you can steward God's growth, then it's probably not from him. It's probably the work of your labor. So that's dangerous. Lord, help me. Okay, so we need to practice wrestling with our own thoughts instead of agreeing with them all the time. When it comes to our imagination and your limitations, a lot of our limitations that we agree with has to do with the experiences that we have. Okay? And one of the ways we break our limitations is we have to disagree with an experience that we had. If it, if it was, if you say, uh, now, now how many of you guys have heard my story about mushrooms? You guys heard my story, like, growing up, I, my, my dad and mom would tell Aaron, I'll tell you, I wouldn't eat anything with mush, mushrooms in it. And I would tell people, I'm allergic to mushrooms. Why? Because when I was young, I threw up when I ate one. Oh. So every time I smelled mushrooms, I would start to get this... I would get, get that feeling, Right? Now, here's the interesting, this is how the mind works. The, this is how the mind works, especially through fear. Fear will actually release things into your body. Fear can actually, actually creates chemical releases in your body that create a physiological expression in your body. This is where, this is where sickness comes from. One of the reasons why Jesus, when Jesus healed people is he expelled fear and sickness left with it. Okay, so what something that, that I learn is the Holy Spirit, um, he, he said, you know you're not allergic to mushrooms, right? And in this moment, I, I, was, I was given a decision. Now, this conversation took place in my imagination. Now, a lot of people, when they think about their thoughts, they actually don't give any authority to the conversation in their, in their mind. But if you do, you will be so surprised of the things in your life that you start to walk in. All the promises he actually starts to give you because you start agreeing with one or the other. You start agreeing with the flesh, which is the old law way of doing things. Or you start agreeing with the spirit man, which is the I can do all things spirit inside of you. And so he said, you know, you know you're not allergic to mushrooms, right? And I said... Well, I've, I've always believed. That was my graven image. That was my frame of mind. So he said, well, you know, I didn't, 
I don't everything that I create's good. And I created those and I was like, Oh, okay. Um so the next time I saw him, I saw him in some casserole somewhere, just little pieces, and I was like I can empower this thought right now. I can empower a conversation that I had. And I can believe it's me and suffer my own consequences of my own conversation. What if I believe it was God speaking to me? See, if you believe it's God speaking to you, you have a different level of responsibility to the conversation. And so I said, I think this was God. So I actually went out took a scoop full of that casserole, put it on my plate, I went and I ate it. It's fine. It tastes good. I didn't gag. And I felt something leave me. Something got off of me. A spirit of limitation, a spirit of fear actually left me. It was it it, it left. And then I was like, well I wonder what else I like. You understand that abundant life means you enter into more things in your life. Like the limitations that you used to do, you now can do because those old mindsets are gone. And they might have been good because the Holy Spirit was using those things as a tutor. But there's a difference between being the son of a king and having access to the whole kingdom and being the student of a tutor. You know the law was a tutor to teach us what was right and wrong? The law is not your parent. And when God gives us, when he gave us the law, we kept the law and we learned the law, but the law was to lead you to know how to rule right when you get placed as a son and you start ruling and reigning with him. And when Jesus came and he taught us that we were seated, seated, there's a difference between a a seated king. See, when, when the king is seated, he's ruling. And you know, what the, you know what a seated king does? He delegates. He has angelic help. And you have been seated with him. And you have the angelic delegation responsibility to start commanding. And I don't mean it in a... Uh, but you are actually doing stuff in the, in the courtroom of heaven. You are releasing the endorsement of heaven over people's lives. It's pretty awesome. This all happens in when we start when we start thinking from a place a healthy imagination. Amen. Um the um one of the things there there are different there are different kinds of imaginations. There are different kinds of frame of mind. One of the things that in Job 32.8 says, it actually says as it says, but there is a spirit in man, it's a little s, and the inspiration of the God, uh, of the Almighty, giveth them understanding. I think, here's what I think. I think the body of Christ really needs to learn to recognize the inspiration that moves through men. Um, the, ins- the word inspiration is the word God breathed or breathed upon. When you, um, and, and one thing that I have uh, really started to, to recognize, even in my own walk, is that uh, when, what happens when someone is inspired to do something? What moves, 
what moves a person? Why did you do that? What was your inspiration? You hear that question. What was your inspiration? What, what moved on you to do that? How, how many of you guys have a creative... Um, you guys have a creative something that you do. I, I have music. Uh, what would you have? So? What about you? So, Rebecca? Okay. All right. Who else? Who has something creative? Yeah. Sewing. Golly. Got a sweatshop in here. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Who else? Yeah, Bill? Write poems. What are you? Did you raise your hand? Okay, go ahead. Music, art. Yes, Baking? Oh, come on. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yeah, James. Yes. Amen. Love it. Inspired. Who else? You got something inspirational. Do you, yeah, go ahead. You write. Art? Art? What kind of art? Everything. See, I actually think that, I know this, is that when someone gets God-breathed, when God breathes on them, they start to move in a... Passion flows through them. But the very fact that passion is flowing through someone means passion is coming from somewhere. And it is actually the very heart of heaven, the heart of God, that flows through an oracle, a portal. You are actually a heaven portal. And an inspirational person is portaling heaven and is an expressing heaven through it. And you know what? People recognize it. They recognize... Here was, here's what they recognize. They recognize the inspiration. But what I feel that what the church has sometimes done is degrade what inspiration is. So, oh, well, that's, that's not of God. That can't be of God. Because that, that's in the world. That's not of God. No, 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 no. You, you obviously haven't read Acts yet. You haven't read when Paul went to the Areopagus and started revealing the artistry of God through their prophets and poems and tapestries and said, hey, look, you guys are even, you guys are even moving in this stuff. Look, your poets wrote this. In him we live and move and have our being. Do you guys know who told you that? You know who gave you that? That poem? That was God. You're, you're actually writing about him and you don't even know it. You, you, you've heard that. In him we live and move. You guys remember that song? Mega joy. Okay. Love that song. So that song that we've sang in our churches for years was Rogan, written by a pagan poet. That was originally written by a pagan poet. And Paul was the one who took it from the pagans and he put Jesus on it. He put heaven and he said, you think it's from him because this guy was a pagan, but here's who it really came from. Boom. This came from your father in heaven. Now, what happens when a body of believers gets unleashed? Everybody say unleashed. You start getting unleashed. See, what happens when Paul did that is he, he ripped that ownership and that copyright from 
that pagan god, whoever he was, and he says, that was plagiarism. This is actually God's work. See, what's what we need to do with our imaginations? We need to be freed up to say, see, Paul was free in the brain. So he knew, hey, you know what? That is so amazing. You know what? That's my God. Hey, you, no, that's not your God. This is, this is this God. You got it all wrong, guys. See, that's what we need to start looking at creation. We need to look around us and say, hey, hey, man, God's working through you. Well, I don't believe in God. Oh, you don't have to because he believes in you. He believes in you so much that he's using you. you, you have you ever felt that burning? You, you, this is so amazing what you did here. And this is, is so beautiful. And do you remember when you dreamed this up and you saw it and you saw it in your artistic mind and you said, oh man, and you started putting it down? Yeah, I remember that. That was a presence with God moment. You remember how it just kind of flowed out of you? It's like, yeah. See, what we need to do is introduce the encounter because they've been told that they aren't they aren't it so we reintroduce we have these paul moments where we reintroduce what it feels like to have the presence of god flow through you and we get this when we have a healthy imagination it's way more fun I, i've been on this side of theology for about the last 2 years and it's way more fun because I don't have to sit there and go, oh, is that, God, is that bad or good? I can go, man, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Man, I feel the presence of God on you. I think, here's, here's can I, I want to present something to you. What happened, what would have happened in the area of worship if the church would have saw the Beatles as a move of God? instead of devil music. Where would we be today in music if men of God learned how to discern there's something happening in history and it's the move of God? You know, the only difference, we have, we use guitars. We use them every Sunday. We use them tonight. We use drums. Along the line, we just learned that the fear that we were living in wasn't worth it. That there was so much more freedom out there. And someone had a renewed imagination and started inviting the body of Christ into a new reality. Where are the Beatles of today in society? Ooh, I see some imaginations turning. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. I know it. I see it. I see that in years to come, the body of Christ are going to learn to redeem the times because it's not worth anything until it's redeemed see Christ redeemed you what we do is we reveal the redemption amen that's see this is fun and it's it's not all about fun but it's definitely not all about works and we need to have see God is seriousness is not one of the fruits of the spirit okay 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's my filter. If I experience one of those, it's either the Holy Spirit flowing through me, wanting to press it on you, or it's the Holy Spirit flowing it through you, and I'm experiencing it. But there's a connection there. There's either a connection from me with heaven to you, or there's an expression coming out of you from heaven, and I recognize it. I want to let you know that's God moving in you. This is what an imagination happened. This is, this is how the imagination works. Amen. Okay, so what I want you to do, you took that piece of paper and you had that negative experience. I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, I had something happen to me that was birthed in fear. But I want you to tell me what you think about my experience. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to take a moment and redeem it. Let's just take a second. read a science article this afternoon it had to do with the imagination and one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the paragraphs in there talked about that the scientists had learned that the whole idea that the right, left side, that, oh, the, the imagination, the creative side is the one side and there's the logical side is the other, that that actually is junk science. That's not real. That actually there's a correlation with creativity that moves in uh, inspiration that when you start thinking creatively, when you start utilizing the imagination, the neurosignals shoot all over your brain. It starts moving on a whole different function than, than it happens with, with other things. And they actually had a little article in there with Einstein talking about, because he was such a scientific uh, um, pioneer, and they were talking to him about uh, what he thought and how he, how he actually would come to a problem how he would pursue a problem. How did you fix, how did you discover so many different things? And he said this, he said, I never come at it the same way. When I approach a problem, I don't come at it one way. I come at it one way, and then I come at it another way, and then I come at it a different way, then I come at it a different way. This is 
what the imagination allows you to do. See, what happens is when we create a frame of mind, when you create a graven image of how things are supposed to be in our life, we limit ourselves to one outcome. And that one outcome is going to happen every time I come at it this way. I'm very linear in my thinking. This is it. This is it. This is it. Oh, it didn't happen. This is it. Oh, it didn't happen. Guess what? It's not, outcome's not going to be any different because you're still coming at it the same way. You've been coming at it every time. There's one thing that has to change, and that's how you see things. You've got to take a different step and come at it this way. Come at it this way. Okay, that's not working. Come at it this way. See, you know where you're supposed to go, and you know where you are. You have to get from here to here. And it's silly and it's stupid to think that you can get to where you know you're supposed to go by trying to get there the same way you've been getting there going the whole time. Do you know that the imagination actually was... They took all these... They, some of the research, they would take these people they, they'd, uh, for, for problem solving and they would have them look at a problem in their, their mind. They would think of a problem and then they'd actually start to manipulate the uh, the object in their mind until it worked. Now I know exactly what they're talking about because I do mechanical design, and every day my boss comes to me and he says, "Hey, we need this." And do you know what I do? I sit there and I go, and I think, and I start building this thing in my brain that goes there. That and I start putting it all together. This is the image in my imagination. Okay, we've all been there. We start putting this stuff together, all right? Do you know that is, that's what God does all the time? He sits there and he, he just starts creating things. And he's looking at you and he's thinking of you and he's creating this amazing masterpiece. You're his workmanship. It's actually the word poem. And he's assembling this amazing poem. He always sees you at perfect, but he's still building you. Because what he sees is what he sees in his mind. And it's beautiful. Now, we see the process, but he sees the perfection. We experience the pain. And we experience the process, but he always sees the perfection. And so, what we do is we step inside of that reality. And when you start creating... Anyone here a builder? Any, you're a builder? Is any, okay. Uh, anyone ever assembled anything? Ever? Ever in your life? Model airplane, cake, model airplane, cake, whatever. Okay, so has anyone ever done it without instructions? Have you ever assembled anything without instructions? Okay, you didn't have physical instructions. Now, how many of you are those type of people where you're like, if the paper's not in front of me, I'm not touching it? You like you have to have A B. You have to have the paper. How many of you men in here have gotten a article of furniture or something, and you don't even look at the paper? You just say, "I got this," and you just start assembling. You ever done that? Okay, hey man, hello. All right. Okay, so what what happens is you have the finished product in mind, and you step into the work. Right. You, the image is there, and you step in to the process of what is already here. And when it, doesn't, when it doesn't end up being what you thought it should be, or maybe you have extra parts, that's happened to me before. 
then you know what you do? You undo what you did. And you say, no, it's got to be right. And you go at it again. I don't disassemble something that didn't assemble, wasn't assembled right and reassemble it again saying, well, maybe it'll assemble it right this time. And do it the same way. You see what I'm saying? We, are, we have this built-in God reality inside of us that takes an image and it starts to create the image that we hold. Now what happens? What happens to you if the image is from the wrong side? You can create something with a big oops if it's if what you're if if you're scared you're like I don't want to hit that I don't want to I don't want to make that guess what you're making it I remember Aaron told me one time they they were teaching him in a, a motorcycle uh, class one thing they teach the, all the drivers they say if you don't want to if you don't want to hit something don't look at it because everything you aim everything you look at you're going to hit it that's so true with the images that see if you see yourself as something you will be that it's the god power in you it is the power of the imagination it's the power of god's reality in you if you think it you will be it be careful what you think about yourself because what you think of is what you will become or if you're afraid that you will never be something don't worry you will never be it this one guy said to Arnold Schwarzenegger, he goes, I'll, I'll do the voice. He goes, he said, man, I can't imagine, I can't imagine looking like you. And he goes, don't worry, you won't. I can't imagine looking like you. Don't worry, you won't. Because if you don't behold something, you won't be holding it. So what I like to do is I like to take every thought captive. I like to take every thought captive, every lofty thing, and I like to submit it into the knowledge of God. What does God say about me? What does God say about this issue? God, if this is in your plans, I'm going for it. You know what? I really don't, and come something Kim and me would do all the time, is we didn't hear a clear answer from God. And so you know what we did? <laughs> we would say, God, we don't hear a yes, so we'll look for a no. We're going. And you know how many times we would hear no? Like we, we'd go up and, and one time the, I needed a new laptop. I shared this before. Um, but I needed a new laptop and, and I, I, I wanted one. And, I, and my old one was getting old. And, and I told Kim and she was like, yeah, we, let's do it. Let's go ahead and. And my brother, who at the time he worked at the Apple store, he, he said, um, hey, man, I already used my 25% off discount, but I have a friend who I have a friend who he's leaving at the end of the week, and he still have his, has his 25% off discount. I'm like, man, that's a blessing. Yeah. So uh, we always would wait for a good deal. That, to us, to us, that was a green light. So, um, so I said, okay, great. So I told my brother, I said, yeah, have him call me. So I can give him my information and he can pay for it. 
because they have like uh, one of the perks they have there is one time a year for a computer you get a 25% off that purchase. So we have we had um, still have within our within our spending that we will we will look for the yes. But if God says no, we're we're quick to walk away. We're not like God, I want it. Okay. So uh, what happens was as I'm. I'm like, you know, Kim's like, okay, yeah, this is good. This is a good price. This is the good, this is the computer we need. And so um, uh, I was trying to get a hold of Jared. He was trying to get a hold of me. We were missing each other. Like the guy was calling, I was calling. So finally, I got through to the Apple store and Jared, they transferred to Jared and he was like, uh, wow, this is so weird, Dave. Um, the guy who was going to give you your 25% off discount he clocked out for lunch, and they told him that if he wanted to, he can come back. But if he doesn't want to, he can just go ahead and leave. But that means he's done with working for the day and actually done working at Apple. Um, not a bad thing, just you know, if you want to go ahead and go, that's fine. And so the guy clocked out, and he said, well, I'm, I'll, I'll go ahead and leave. You know, I have some stuff I want to do today. So in essence, I didn't have the discount. The discount was gone. That was my no. Now here's what Jared said. Jared said, "I have a plan. I have a ton of other people here, who would who who would give up their discount." And I said, "Nope, that's all I need. That's all I need." And he goes, "Wasn't I can get you someone else?" I was like, "I was praying, and I, me and Kim have this thing. You know, we we we're, we'll walk in the yes, and we look for yeses, but we also look for noes." And I said, "I'm really looking. I was looking for a no, and I got it." Are you, are you that objective with wanting God's heart that you will look for no's as much as you will yeses? Or are we just looking for the yeses? God, give me a yes. God, give me a yes. But, you know, a son looks for the no's. Because I'm not, I'm, not I'm not looking for any open door. I'm looking for the right open door. And so I know, you know, God opens and he closes doors, but he also is the door, so... There's that theology. Um, so, but one thing about this, um, I'm going, kind of going back into the imagination, is that our brain creates and it restructures according to what the problem is, and it creates solutions. The body of Christ is a solution to the world. We're not supposed to create problems. We're not supposed to add confusion. We're not supposed to to create a God of limitation. We're supposed to create a God of solution. You know, he is the way. Okay? He's the truth and he's the life. And I think too much, too many times when we share that verse with the world, which Jesus didn't share that with the world, he shared that with his disciples. Pay attention to who Jesus tells what to, is what I'm saying. So he shares this with his disciples, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, I think we focus too much on the, no man comes to the Father but by me. And we don't focus on him being the way, the truth, and the life. And so we need to look at the image Look at the image. We see this image that God wants us to pursue. Does anyone in here have maybe an image? Maybe you don't have a full picture, but you feel that there's something that God put on your heart that you feel he wants you to pursue. 
in some area. Does anyone? You feel like there's something that God has said, I want you to go after this. Go after this. I want you to think about what it feels like to be an Abraham. Okay? Abraham, he wasn't looking to be... He wasn't looking to bless in the entire earth from his seed. He was an old guy. But God put on his heart, Hey man, I'm going to bless you with the son. See, and that started birthing a desire, and he stepped into that role of a father. And he started, him and Sarah started, they started um, that process. And it was a long process, but they had a promise. There's a promise, there's a process, and there's the perseverance, there's the pain, there's other P's. <laughs> but you, uh, I really think that God wants to raise up a generation of imaginators and dreamers. Amen. Amen. Can we pray? Can you, um, can we pray for our imagination to be free? Can we pray for our imagination to to start to have wheel-within-a-wheel experiences? God, let us see stuff. Remove fear so we can see heaven so we can see I would just want to introduce us father to how you see stuff one time I was I was in a, a sozo meeting a, a conference and the Holy Spirit was leading the guy uh, the uh, the main speaker to to lead us into an experience a spiritual experience just saying pay attention to the images that come to your head. And one of the images was was uh, the, uh, Jesus invited me onto a porch. And as I came onto a porch, he was just, he was just there. He was just, we were just hanging out on a porch. And he invited me to sit down next to him. And we were sitting on a rocking chair together. And then all of a sudden I looked, uh, and then the person said, ask if the father could come in the picture. So I, I turned to Jesus in my imagination. I said, can the, can the father come? And he goes, yeah, he's inside. He'll be right out. And then the father steps out of these doors onto the porch with us. And then he says, the father says, I want to show you something. Now this is all in my brain. Now my eyes were closed, but I had to pay attention to the images that were coming into my brain. Now I want you to hear what happens when you invite a heaven reality to you. This is this makes no sense. I don't even care. It was amazing. So the, uh, it started raining, and and God invited me up to the edge of the porch, and He said, "I want to hey, come here. Look at this." And I stood up, and I went over to the steps, and I looked, and I saw water flowing under the house. Now I'm not talking like I'm not talking like it was an area. I mean, like I look, and I'm like. Oh, I'm on an endless body of water and we're just kind of going. But it wasn't a houseboat. It wasn't a houseboat, but we're floating and we're going over the water. And I look and I realize that 
Wait a minute, I'm not an ocean. I look down and I see through the water. I see thousands. It's like I'm in, in an airplane, but I'm not. I'm in a, in a house floating on this layer of water. And I realize this is more in line with what a firmament looks like. There's a layer of water between me and a thousand down, and I'm looking at mountain ranges, and we're just kind of floating, okay? No sense. Makes no sense. Don't try to make sense of this. This is, okay? And I'm looking down, and then it starts to rain. This is when it starts to rain. And I look in the rain. Now, this, I don't know why, but I see this. It starts to rain music. It rains music. I didn't hear anything, but as I saw it, I was like, wow, that's music. And the music was different colors. It makes no sense, I know. But what happens when you allow your imagination to step into heaven? Things don't have to make sense because you're in the presence of God. And if you have to have logic, it's because you have to have a frame. And that's because you have to you, that's a safety net for you. And I think God wants to remove that and he makes, wants to make you a crazy imaginer. He wants, to have, he wants to start introducing you to a dreamer of you that you do not know yet. And he wants you to get familiar with it because that's who you're going to be throughout eternity. It's going to be good. Amen? So Father, I just unleash floating houses and raining music I, I just unleash shapes. I unleash colors. I unleash images. I unleash beauty. I unleash revelation. Father, I just thank you for the experience of heaven in these people's lives. And the experience is going to cause us to enter and give that experience to others. Lord, just renew our minds and empower the imagination, Lord, that you want us to have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for coming tonight. And it's going to be a good week. Give somebody a hug. And uh, we will see you guys on Sunday. Amen?